0: Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's and next week's friend is Alan Kaufman. Also joining us is Don Stratton on guitar who will be featured in his own episode in the near future. Alan is a tunesmith and a songsmith. While most of us make withdrawals from the traditional music bank, Alan makes regular deposits. This week's episode is dedicated to his original fiddle tunes and next week we will play and sing his original songs. Alan possesses that rare combination of whimsy and thoughtfulness necessary to make the perfect neo-traditional tune. If you play Old Time, maybe try to learn a few from this episode. I especially recommend learning Five Bales of Hay. If you find yourself really enjoying Get Up in the Cool this week, it may be time to show your support for the show. Podcasts, as a medium, have to be free, but they take a lot of work. I'm averaging about five hours an episode between planning, recording editing and posting so what does this show mean to you do you look forward to wednesday mornings all week if you feel compelled while listening to this go to camerondewitt.com and click the button that says patreon sign up to regularly support get up in the cool and you'll be rewarded with gratitude weekly bonus tracks music downloads or banjo tutorials depending on how generous you're feeling make sure to stick around after the interview for details on how to buy alan's music Alright, let's get it started. Here's my jam and chat with Alan Kaufman. Enjoy. Wonderful. Five bales of hay. Uh, welcome to Get Up in the Cool, Alan Kaufman and uh, guest guitarist Don Stratton. <laughs> Thank you so much. Great to be here. Yeah, yeah. Great to be here in, in your cabin <laughs> yeah. at Lake Gennaro. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Cabin 8. Cabin 8. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, so that tune's called Five by
1: ba- five, five Bales? Five Bales of Hay. Mm-hmm. And
0: did I hear you right that you got this from, uh, you, you got the title from uh, Dottie? is that
1: no where where did uh, it come from i lived up in vermont for um 10 years and um and there were uh you know we used to travel and my kids were small and in the car and and there were these uh bales of hay that we were often seen and in vermont it's very often you'll see these bales of hay and they're wrapped in white plastic it looks like and uh and, they look uh, like,
0: like big marshmallows. Big marshmallows,
1: yeah. And the kids used to say, Oh, Dad, they're the marshmallows again. you know. And, it wasn't uh, that long ago that I thought those were big marshmallows. They were, there. yeah. So, um, and I remember my son saying, I see five big marshmallows, five marshmallows out there. I said, No, son, there are five bales of hay. Yeah. And uh, that's basically how uh, five bales of hay came about. But anyway, I always think of marshmallows when Yeah. I was, when I... Uh, Mention the title. Well, that's a real sweet tune. Uh, We're doing all tunes that you wrote. You're Mm -hmm. a tunesmith. I am a tunesmith. Yeah, Yeah. I've been writing tunes since I'm 17 years old, and um, I just feel uh, I feel good about writing uh, because I feel that it's like a bank, and you know, it's important to. Uh, make withdrawals from the bank, but also important to make deposits to the bank because otherwise the uh, banks wouldn't work right, you know. And I think music kind of works the same way, that uh, if you can and if you're able to, and I think most of us are, and that's my yeah. also concern of just getting people comfortable with writing, um, that people should make deposits in the bank as well. Certainly.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting, you know, trying to think, what, what can I write... That is going to stand the test of time. What is? What are people going to catch and
1: then and then carry
0: around with them and share with other people?
1: But but does it really matter? Right. Good you point. know, <laughs> I think what matters most is that you feel free enough to write. Yeah. And not be concerned about how other people are going to respond to it, sure because often if you do it often enough, you end up with really great tunes is my my opinion, but you want to play something that's not going to bust up a jam to an extent. you just have to be free it doesn't I don't think you should be concerned with whether it's going to bust up a jam. It's just like that may not be a tune that you stay with, but right. i i I write tunes and I record everything that I write on on my phone, yeah. Uh, and some things I really I listen back to, and I said, oh, you know, I'm not crazy about it, but I, I hold on to it, and sometimes I'll listen back to it after a couple of months, and there's maybe a phrase in there that really catches me, yeah, and that phrase becomes a seed of another tune, right, you know, so it's all the value. You're a tune farmer. I'm a tune farmer. <laughs> I love
0: all of these. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I I often think that like uh, some people are like composers. And some people are kind of like more like builders and they like treat like writing music more just like, like, a, like an agriculture or like an architect or like, you know, I have a friend who writes songs uh, and I feel like he's, his mind is much more like, he also builds things like he builds guitars and builds furniture. And I feel like he writes songs the same way. He sees something and he's like, I want to build that at home. Hmm. And, and he'll go home and he'll sort of build that song and it doesn't sound derivative it sounds like it's like within a tradition but it's also just like his own just the fact that he's making it makes it unique you know and like i i like that that attitude of of writing
1: yeah yeah sometimes i feel that i i think don sometimes there's a, a tune i remember that you were listening to and you wanted to write a, a tune in that fashion and you came back and it was a really nice tune i can't remember which which tune it was? Maybe it was Barstow that, uh, that uh, came uh, that out about that That was the time I
0: was I was actually sitting down to write a
1: calico tune. Yeah. Um, but no, it, mostly they just come out. But every once in a
2: while there's a hook or something. I hear yeah. a chord progression that I like. is so, oh, let's play with that a little bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, yeah with me, it's I, I feel it's more like the muse kind of directs me. Yes. And I don't have many, much control over it. You know, it's just like it, it's what it wants me to write. And... I and often I'm I'm not sitting there thinking that I want to write a song in a particular uh, fashion or uh, after some kind of tune. It was just like it's something that grabs hold of me, and uh, I just have to surrender to it. Really,
0: well, I love that. I I feel like I wanna I wanna learn how to how to write tunes in in a way that um, yeah that people will that appreciate. Often I I I write when I write it's it's very quirky. And often people are like, oh, that's real interesting, but they don't feel brave enough to like pull out their instruments, you know? But like this Five Bales of Hay, it's, it's like a lovely tune. And it feels very traditional, but it also feels very modern and very fresh and very new. And uh, you also really capture the, the, that sort of innocence of the story that you're talking about. It feels like you're on a, you're on a road trip or something and you're talking to your kids about marshmallows yeah. <laughs> yeah that's lovely
1: yeah but i i think all of us are capable of it i mean, here you are you're talking on the show and you're very articulate and and you're very comfortable uh talking and and uh and being here on the show uh and there's you know people can compose tunes with the same ease right uh, and surrender you know just it's it's it, all it takes is uh being, getting familiar with the, the process yes, and being confident in it, you know, and taking your time with it and being, and, and also leaving your self-criticism at home or yeah. away from you, you know, so it's like, you can't carry that with you, you know, so it's like, because that's your worst enemy, right? you so know, and you can't care about whether the tune's going to come out well or whether... You think that it's not original enough. Right, or, right. Or someone's if it's good enough, someone's done it before. I mean, right. there are so many th- things that can come up in your mind that can push you away from the process of composing. Certainly. That it's, it's crazy, you know, but you have to take all of that and put it at arm's length. Yeah, I think, I think when the editing
0: process becomes preemptive, that's when you're in trouble. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> when you start editing... Before you start writing? And many people do,
1: you know. <laughs> you just have to put, you just have to be able to write. And then, you know, um, it's like writing a short story or a novel yeah. or a poem. You Same process, you know. You you can't, you just have to let it flow. You have to open, it's like a faucet and you have to open it up. And sometimes you open up the faucet, especially maybe here, you know, and in the boonies. And you open it up and rusty water starts coming out. But eventually if you let the water... If you let the water run long enough, it clears. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: Such uh, great creative metaphors. I love this. <laughs> this is helpful. It's very helpful. Let's let's play some more. Uh, let's withdraw some more tunes that you've deposited okay. into the old time bank. Okay. Yeah. Tuning break. Yeah. Town Day. Indeed.
1: Town Day. It's a waltz. And I wrote it in uh, honor of uh, Town Day in Arlington, Massachusetts. Wonderful. Here's to you, Town Day.
0: did you say uh, town day is or no it's it's a special day in arlington
1: yeah it's uh <laughs> it's town it, day yeah it's a, arlington is a town in massachusetts okay. it's a little west of cambridge which is a little west of boston are and you, are you from arlington no i'm from new york city okay brooklyn brooklyn very good can't you tell from my accent <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah so they uh in september i'm coming up actually i think it, i think it's next weekend is uh, town day um uh, and um i was coming back from town day two years three years ago and uh this tune popped into my head and i'm trying to search for a title for it so I, it's easier for me to write tunes than find titles yes <laughs> why is that i don't know but tunes flow I, I i can't just turn on the faucet and get titles right that, that just does, doesn't seem to work for me so <laughs> the hardest part really is coming up with a suitable title yeah uh, and for that, um, toward that end, uh, I have a folder on my phone uh, mm-hmm. called Tune Titles. And when I'm, when I'm traveling around and so, even in conversation, someone mentions something, oh, that's a great tune title. I'll grab my phone and I'll excuse myself because I, <laughs> I have to do it right away <laughs> yes. before I forget. I open my folder and jot it down. Uh, so uh, I'm always searching for tune titles.
0: Uh, it's funny how when you write an original tune, because, you know, generally they don't have words. And the the meaning of the tune is up to interpretation. But then you put a title on it and you sort of apply this retroactive meaning to it. And then all of a sudden it's like that's what you intended the entire time. And I catch myself saying when I you know play original tunes, I was like, yeah, I wrote this because I was thinking about what have you. And then I realized, oh, right, I just wrote that without anything specific in mind but all of a sudden this meaning that i retroactively applied to it is now inseparable from
1: it i know and sometimes it's a problem i mean don (laughs) and i put together a a a cd recently called all in good time that's still available and i guess you'll talk about that later certainly yeah and uh, and uh, we ended you know and when it came to the process of of actually having the tunes and recording them uh, there's a question uh, came up with me of whether I was comfortable with all the names of the tunes, yes. and and a few of them I changed. And Don was very resistant, actually, with <laughs> some of the changes because he was so comfortable with the original title of yeah. the tune. And uh, but I was ready. I, I for me it was just I needed a placeholder for that. Yes. Too. So and I came up with and it was fine as a placeholder. But I never like if I if the tune would live on the in the tradition. I never thought that that placeholder name. Should be the name that people. Uh, yeah. So it's it, sometimes it becomes an issue at a certain point of like, do you, do you really want that title associated with your tune?
0: Yeah. Once you're you know about to like, get those get those uh, CD covers printed, you start thinking a little <laughs> a little more uh, critically about. Oh, do I really
1: want to <laughs> name this that? Right. Yeah. So. um yeah let's please yeah so maybe uh what about a song yeah when you up, up for a song yes certainly
2: thank god for flying saucers circling our great land we ain't alone hallelujah and that's what makes life grand i'll be the first to greet them if those start things ever land Thank God for flying saucers a-circling our great land. I've never been to Roswell or to New Mexico. Don't like science fiction or hearing things that glow. But I often think of aliens and what they understand. So thank God for flying saucers a-circling our great land. Thank God for flying saucers circling our great land. Hallelujah, and that's what makes life proud I'll be the first to greet them if those darn things ever land Thank God for flying saucers, a serpent, our great land I wonder just how tall they are and if they believe in God And if they spank their children or if they spare the rod I sometimes wonder what they eat and how's their appetite You'll often find me looking up at those stars every night. Thank God for flying saucers, saucers circling land. our great land. We ain't alone, hallelujah, and that's, that's what and makes life grand. grand. I'll be the, the first, first to greet them if are those dark things, things land. ever land. Thank God for flying saucers, saucers, circling our great land. Oh, thank God for flying saucers, circling our great land.
0: Oh, uh, that's, <laughs> that's so great. <laughs> what what inspired, that, uh, what inspired that song,
1: Alan? Uh, well, you know, I write, a lot, I write a fair number of songs, too. And and I often, th- uh, when I'm writing a song, I might think of, well, I want to write a country western song. Or I want to write a Hank Williams type song or a Jimmy Rogers or a s- yodeling song. Uh, with this one, I just wanted to write a kind of a silly song. yes. And um, and there actually is a bluegrass song um, that has to do with flying saucers. Uh, huh. Um, I guess that sounds about right. It was Just one of them. <laughs> uh, so someone someone got to got there first, but it was many 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 years ago, and it was it wasn't quite like this, uh, uh-huh. and it certainly didn't have Roswell in it. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I am the first to have a flying saucer song that mentions Roswell. Uh, that's certainly true. Wonderful. <laughs> um, and uh, so I ended up singing it around. And, and once a month, I have a, a, um, a kid's jam that I do. Uh, and I've been doing that for about a dozen years, uh, run by the Boston Bluegrass Union. The, and you can find it at bbu.org if you look for kid's jam. And it meets once a month in Cambridge. And we have a lot of fun. And so I, 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 one, one, I shared this tune with the kids. And, and uh, a week or two later, I got this... Um, call from one of the parents uh-huh. and they said that you know my daughter is singing that song incessantly uh-huh. <laughs> it's her favorite song of all time <laughs> you know so uh and actually um since then um uh, it's the most requested song at the kids jam i mean it said like, mr calvin you got to sing the flying saucer song please <laughs> Um, well I know when you were playing me songs that could, you know, fill
0: out our set today. I, you played that one first and I was like, "Okay, I want to hear the other ones, but I'm probably just going to choose this one." Yeah. It's delightful. I yeah. love the uh it is silly. Yeah. But it has like a layer of depth to it. I think it has something to do with the juxtaposition of the sort of religious language <laughs> mixed with <laughs> mixed with the outer space stuff there's something really compelling about that and i can't i can't tell what can't put my finger on it but yeah. this character that you've that you've sort of come up with is just really sweet but also sort of like there's like a kind of strange wisdom <laughs> i wonder if they spank their kids or spare the rod <laughs> i wonder if they believe in god that's
1: yeah i love that yeah that's lovely <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, so that's one of uh, many songs actually that I've written. Uh, so I have, you know, I'm I'm both a songsmith and a tunesmith, but yeah. uh, this is, I think, I, mainly featuring my tunes. Yes.
0: So. Well, I'm glad we slipped a song in. I imagine it's easier to name a song than it is to name a tune. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. this one that was pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. Thank
1: God for playing saucers. Yeah. This is The first line of the of the chorus. Yeah. Uh, so that worked pretty easily. Uh,
0: well since uh since uh you and, and Don have this CD out, I'd love to get the uh the um both sides of the story. Uh when I do my episode with Don I'll ask him the story. But uh how did how did you guys
1: meet? And um it wasn't that long ago, right? No. It was about two years ago. Uh and actually someone I was speaking with someone and I said, Do you know Don Stratton? And I said, No. And he said, well, he's a really good uh, player. He's a nice guy. And he writes great tunes. And, and as a tune writer yourself, you definitely should meet him. And I think he's going to be living somewhere near you. And so I asked him, um, I think I th- was thinking about that. And I asked somebody else uh, if they knew where he lived. And, and he said he lives in Arlington. And then I found out that he lived like he, he had a place like literally two and a half blocks away from me. So uh, <laughs> so, I, I got in touch with him and we had a conversation and we ended up getting together and sharing tunes and uh, both traditional tunes and our own tunes. And I I instantly fell in love with his tunes. Mm. Uh, um, so, you know, we were talking and I, I suggested, hey, Don, do you have a record out? And he said, no. And I said, well, you should have a record out. Yeah. Get those <laughs> tunes on a record and soon I want them. Uh And then it came up that that he liked my tunes as well. Uh, And he ended up, I think, similarly saying the same thing. And so we got the idea, well, you know, maybe it's a good idea being that both of us are not getting any younger and we haven't gotten (laughs) off our backsides to uh, do anything like this. Why don't we do one together, you know? And maybe that will spur us to actually uh, have this uh, plan come to fruition. And uh, that's what we did. So a year later, we had um, we had a we had a CD in our hands. All you needed was just a just a partner. Yeah. A well, it, you know, working with Don was real. Made it really easy because he was very easy to work with, and he had great tunes, and and we got to, along together very well, and and it was um, it just uh, made it happen really. So I'm really lucky. <laughs> and when one of us is ready to throw in the towel and just say it's too big a project to start. There was someone else who was still still interested at that moment that's right going. that's right you know and that's important you know it's just like because it could be yeah. it get overwhelming you know mm-hmm. there and anyone who's ever done a cd it's not a it's a big process and it's there's a, a lot. lot of decisions to be made <laughs> you know and some and when you've never done it before and if you're not getting any younger it's just like oh, you know maybe this is too big a project you know and and so both of us working on it together i think spurred each other on to uh to get it done in general it's good to like have someone who you can just
0: sort of take turns freaking out that's yeah. why i like being married yeah, <laughs> right, it's yeah. just like can, can i freak out for a little bit and you be sturdy okay yeah. great uh and we'll
1: switch you know in like yeah a I, week or so <laughs> i don't think either of us really freaked out and it uh you know it's just like uh you know we just kept on moving forward yeah and eventually we were done you know um well, I love the I love the CD,
0: and while I would enjoy a CD of your tune separate, I think they really sound good together. They're they're <laughs> definitely compatible, but they're also they really fill in. They they really I don't <laughs> I haven't tried to put this into words yet, but they make a lot of sense to with each other, and like. Uh, they, they sort of fill in the gaps that the others make mm-hmm. you know it, it yeah.
1: makes for a really good
0: CD and really good listening
1: experience yeah and, yeah. and there's certainly tunes I wouldn't have written I mean yes. uh, they were they have a different sensibility to themselves the tunes that I don't write mm-hmm. uh, that I really like yeah you know um, so it all worked together yeah. so shall we move on to yes another certainly tune? Um, crying Indian yeah let's do that
0: Tell us about that tune, Alan.
1: Well, it's called Crying Indian. Um, and in the 70s, there was a, uh, a commercial, a PSA on TV. I was going to say, it
0: reminds me of that commercial. I was wondering if it was yes, related. Yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And uh, I, someone recently told me that that guy actually wasn't an Indian at all, but an Italian guy. <laughs> oh, no. And... <laughs> <laughs> but he was hired to, uh, you know, play an Indian on it. People commercial. didn't have
0: any as many qualms about that sort of
1: thing back then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so that image of a crying Indian just stayed with me. And, yeah. Uh, there are lots of Indian songs in the all time literature, and but there, there was no crying Indian. Right. So I decided to write a crying Indian song, and uh, and being that, you know, emotionally associated with crying, uh, I. It had to have a minor chord in it. Yes, yeah, certainly. I just couldn't avoid it. There aren't that many minor chords in old-time music, but a crying Indian deserved a minor chord, I felt, so there it was. So um, I, it was also in that stage of my music writing that um, I was intrigued by, chord, by tunes that have the least number of chords. Yes. I, I When I first started writing tunes, I thought, writing tunes, yep, when you write tunes, you should try to write as complicated as possible, mm-hmm. and um, and then I tried that, and it didn't work very well. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I realized that there was that that the that beauty, you needed
0: to write more complicated tunes. <laughs> no, that's beauty
1: and and, and, and fiddle tunes uh, yeah. really comes from their simplicity. Yes. So uh, that's been kind of a lifelong kind of struggle with me in my writing is just really trying to keep that forefront uh, of just writing as simple and clear as yes. possible. And 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 sometimes I, you know, so it's just like, I want to write a two-chord tune. I want to write a, one, a good one-chord tune, you know? Yes. You know, and they can. They're, they're wonderful tunes that you can come up with that just have one chord in them. Mm. And this was a two-chord tune. So I... I knew I wanted a minor in it, and it had to be a two chord tune, so I wasn't going to put two minors in it because it, uh-huh. i it just it just wouldn't it just didn't i couldn't get that to happen yes uh but and and um so I started an e minor and I thought well maybe e minor and g, but e minor and g even though they're related to one another they They sort of like, it was the same chord. It was almost sounding like a one chord tune. Yes. And I wanted it to be a two chord tune. And so the E minor and D uh, kind of sensibility kind of came to me. and um, But then I don't really write tunes off of chords. Yes. But I already understood that I was probably going to go there. So I wrote the tune and then... I was surprised to find out that it was E minor and D, mm-hmm. that it was one of those type of tunes where it's minor but not the, the, the root chord yes. as well. Yes. Um, so that's how that came about.
0: Well, it's a lovely
1: tune. It's a
0: lot of fun to play, and I noticed that um, I feel I feel like one of the one of the areas that has a lot of room for innovation in writing sort of traditional tunes that you can pick up and play in a session and teach to people are the 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 pathways of the fills in between the different sections and at the ends of phrases Mm. Um, because those spaces like i never quite figured out how you transition at the end of each of those phrases and it's like oh what is he doing there and it's like there's so much room in those um, in those areas that some people would consider them a not necessarily the tune or the right. melody, you know, but they're you play it pretty consistently like that, and I noticed that in a lot of your tunes that there are maybe the skeleton will feel very traditional, but the uh, the way the the muscles sort of yeah. connect to each other mm-hmm. are, are very modern and very uh, very innovative. And make you know keeps me keeps me alert while I'm trying to figure out the banjo shapes. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's a lot right. of fun. It's very engaging. Well, that's very interesting that you notice that because uh, I'm an old time fiddler, but I'm also a bluegrass fiddler. Uh huh. And and so the fills basically are things that I've been very very much aware of in bluegrass and they occur much more in bluegrass. Yes. Yes. And they're actually they're essential to bluegrass. The fills, and because it's really a vocal music. So right. so the. The, the job of a fiddle player is often to do the fills, basically, behind vocals, you know? So that's really their, the, the purpose of a, a fiddle in bluegrass. So, you know, I think it came to me naturally with an old-time tune to pay attention to the spaces also, not just the, the skeleton itself. But that's kind of interesting that you brought that up. But yeah. it's definitely there in my playing, and probably from my bluegrass background. Uh, although I think when the fills don't sound bluegrassy... I think they sound, hopefully they sound appropriate to the old time tune. Yeah, I think they sound very appropriate, but they're, uh,
0: it's like a new, there's like new vocabulary. Often old time is like, It's it can start to feel like you're just stringing licks together,
2: mm-hmm. you know?
0: So whenever I find like a new, a new like pathway, it's yeah. very, it's very exciting. It's like, oh, like right. to jump to this note instead of just to turn my brain off, you know? And it's,
1: right. it's very cool. I like it. Well, speaking of bluegrass, there's, there's a, another tune that I write, wrote that uh, I consider an old-time tune, but it was very, very much influenced by a bluegrass fiddler who was very uh, important in my um, development as a, as a fiddler. And that's Kenny Baker, who uh, played with uh, Bill Monroe. And uh, so this is a song. Uh, this is a tune. Do you want? Do you want to hear a bluegrassy type of tune? Yes, uh, certainly. It's an old time tune, but it has kind of a bluegrassy flavor, and the way it flows and its and its composition is closer to Kenny Baker than it is to the old time repertoire. Uh, and it's called "Surging Sandy," and it was written during the big uh, hurricane in New York. Yes. Uh, I've yeah. heard a
0: couple Sandy tunes. I wonder how many there are out there. I think it was a very inspiring hurricane.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. So this is going to be the last tune uh, of the episode, and then we'll uh, have a bonus track. Um, but how do, how do people find your CD?
1: Well, um... <laughs> it, It's on Amazon. It's on iTunes. It's on... Um, all of the online places. Very good.
3: Patchmusic.com, CD
1: Baby. Yeah, I think the safest one, actually, if, it, if it's not available anywhere else, you can go to ppatchmusic.com. One word, ppatchmusic. Very good. And it's that's certainly available there. But yeah. it should be also available on CD Baby and Amazon and those other larger networks of, yeah. uh, of, 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 re, of resellers. Wonderful.
0: All in good time, Alan Kaufman and Don Stratton. Thank you so much for being on the show. This was a blast. Yeah, I've been wanting to play uh, more with you ever since I met you. Must have been three or four years ago at Banjo Camp North, and you were the resident fiddler uh, there. And uh, yeah, it was really good to play to play your tunes. And- yeah, and
1: thank you for having me on the show. And I've really enjoyed your banjo playing. Also, that's uh, it's it's uh, great to have to play and. And have a great banjo uh, in back of you. Uh, Thanks, Alan, and and thank you, Don, for for
0: sitting in. Yeah, all right. Let's uh, get to C, and then we'll play this last tune. <laughs> If you want to hear more traditional tunes from alan kaufman and Don stratton go to ppatchmusic.com and purchase their cd all in good time not purchase it all in good time that's called all in good time purchase it right now that's the good time to purchase it i have it and i listen to it all the time so you should too like i said in the interview don and alan's tunes go really well together they strike a really interesting balance you don't hear it in most old time albums. Definitely check it out is what I'm saying. Also, if you're in the Arlington area, maybe go to Alan's Kids Jam. Just go to Facebook.com slash BBU Kids Jam and like the page to get updates. If you want to financially support Get Up In The Cool and get access to exclusive bonus content, go to CameronDeWitt.com and click the button that says Patreon or click on the link in this episode's description. Also, make sure to like and follow Get Up In The Cool on Facebook so you can join the online conversation and share your favorite episodes with friends. Just search for Get Up In The Cool or go to Facebook.com slash Get Up In The Cool. Thanks for listening friends, tune in next week to hear Alan and I play and sing his original songs. They've been stuck in my head for months, in a good way, and I know you'll have the same experience. So let's meet again same time, same place, for more Get Up In The Cool.